0: Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful, abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you uh, so as you listen to the word just receive it let it get down in your heart and bring forth a harvest thank you so much again for listening god bless you amen, amen. praise the lord we we do receive the blessing don't we yes um, in just a moment let's continue talking about uh, the blessings that we that we see in the book of revelation uh, that uh, that much like the blessings that we see in Matthew chapter 5 kind of catch us off guard and surprise us every now and then. Uh, but but before we do, let's take a moment and just pray together uh, as we continue to uh, fight against this virus. Um, seems like quite a time now, quite a long time, uh, but, uh, but hey, sometimes fights take a while, right? And sometimes you just got to stand in there and keep on standing in there until you win. And... Uh, what does Proverbs say? Uh, if you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? Uh, let's, let's stand in there and, and continue to fight. And I, I know that many people fight in different ways, but we fight on our knees, right? We go to, we go to battle in prayer. Uh, so let's continue to persevere uh, in prayer, and let's not give up. And let's continue to fight against this virus and not give up. Amen? Let's pray together. Uh, Lord, we uh, love you. Uh, we are thankful that we are yours. We are thankful that you are the mighty warrior and that in you, each and every one of us are mighty warriors in our own right. And we stand, Lord, <laughs> on our knees. We pray this is how we do battle. And so we just come to you this morning as we continue to, uh, as as. as the whole world does. We continue to uh, fight against this virus and we just uh, lift this need up to you, Lord, and ask that you would move. We ask that you would fight against it and that you would put it to an end, that you would destroy it, eradicate it, and it would be no more. And we pray, Lord, that you would do it so that man is not glorified, but you are. That man is not uh, lifted up and exalted, but you are high and exalted and glorified. And all the world will see and know that God has done this. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask, Lord Jesus, not only uh, for, for for this, Lord, but that you would uh, surround your people with a hedge of protection. That you would protect us and keep us safe. You know, that you'd give us courage and faith and wisdom and revelation. And you'd help us and, and keep us as we've got to go about uh, life, and as we have to continue as ambassadors of Christ to proclaim the gospel of Jesus' name, just watch over us and protect us, cast uh, every fear away from us, we pray in Jesus' name, and help us to continue to stand, to continue to pray and praise and trust, and to continue to fight uh, until we see this come to an end. All of our hope and trust is in you, Lord. You are everything and are all. And we live only to bring you glory and honor. Help us in this fight, we pray, in Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Let's continue to pray and continue to uh, trust and to, uh, and to do battle. And also, let's, uh, let's continue to proclaim the gospel of Jesus' name and to be passionate about the cause of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Got a couple of amens. Um, as we continue our series, Revelation Blessings, we left off last Sunday in, in Revelation chapter 16, uh, verse 15, where Jesus kind of steps into everything that's going on and proclaims a blessing. Uh, let me pick back up. Uh, right from where we left off uh, this morning. Um, Just as a reminder, uh, here in Revelation 16, there is seven angels that step forward. They are given the seven bowls full of God's wrath. These are the last uh, seven judgments, seven seven, uh, expressions of God's wrath, if you will, that come upon the earth. In in 16... uh, the angels come forward and they begin to pour out uh, these bowls of God's uh, unfiltered, uh, full strength wrath upon uh, the earth. Uh, we see that that it is you know a terrible time for the earth. Uh, we also clearly see, uh, as we spent much time on last Sunday, that God is is just uh, in everything that He does. We know that He is true, uh, and uh, and. Uh, just. Uh, as, uh, as you come to the sixth angel with the sixth bowl, uh, the angel uh, pours out his bowl uh, on the river Euphrates. Uh, and uh, it, it's interesting, these bowls are, are poured out on different things. Uh, the, the fourth bowl was poured out on the sun. Um, you, ought to, you ought to take time and just study the awesomeness of the sun. Uh, it, it is It's so huge. That you can fit uh, Earths in it. I, I forget the number, but I, I think it's over a million Earths in in the sun. Is the awesomeness of the sun, uh, and uh, is this incredible ball of fire uh, so awesome? Is the sun that everything's revolving around the sun? the The fourth bowl is poured out. On, I, I say this because the fourth bowl is poured out on the sun, and uh, and in doing that, the sun is allowed. To, um, it is it is allowed and given power to uh, scorch the people with fire. So even the sun, in all of its awesomeness, is under God's command, is under God's control. It is God's sun. Then the uh, the fifth angel pours out its bowl on the on the kingdom of the Antichrist, and it's plunged into darkness. The sixth angel pours out. Uh, his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and it's dried up to prepare the way uh, for the kings of the east. And then John sees uh, seven spirits—I mean, I mean three spirits—that uh, uh, that look like frogs that come out of the evil spirits. Let me say that uh, three evil spirits that look like frogs that come out of the mouth of the evil Trinity, uh, the dragon, uh, the beast. Uh, the dragon, Satan, the beast, the Antichrist, and uh, and then the, the prophet, the false prophet uh, of uh, the dragon and the beast of the Antichrist. These uh, three uh, evil spirits that look like frogs come out uh, of the mouths of the, of the evil trinity. They are spirits of demons uh, that have ability to perform miraculous signs, and they go out to the kings of the whole world in order to uh to to stir them up and to gather them uh, for battle on the great day of God almighty and then you come to verse 15 where where Jesus kind of pauses everything that's going on here and clearly speaks to us to the reader of the book of Revelation and uh, in this in this difficult time of judgment and of wrath and reminds us that he is coming that he will come like a thief and blessed are those who are found ready blessed are those who are clothed and and, and awake and prepared and and ready it's such a wonderful reminder of what we have been talking about throughout this series and that and that we will continue to talk about Uh, That in the book of Revelation, there is the judgment and wrath of God that is poured out full strength on the kingdoms of this world, on on the wicked, on 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 the sinner, on those who have rejected God. But as we see that, we also see the wonderful blessing that it is to be a child of God. The wonderful blessing that it is to be a saint, The wonderful blessing that it is to be God's people called by His name. That there's wrath that comes on those who are of the kingdom of the world, but there is not wrath that comes on those who are of the kingdom of God. That the saints escape this. Now I'm not saying that we don't ever face any trouble. We know that that's true. But the trouble that we face is the trouble because we're still in this world. And I'm not saying that there won't be tribulation saints that face trouble. They will, but the trouble that they're going to face is that they are saints in the tribulation. For them, it will be much as it is for us. It will be that not that God hates them and is pouring out His wrath, but that the world hates the saints. Remember, Jesus said that, that they hated Him and that they will hate us. And so when you live among those that hate you, it can be troubling, But from God, there's not wrath or condemnation or judgment. Hallelujah. There's mercy and grace and salvation and freedom. Life with Him forevermore. And Jesus interjects here in maybe the most terrible time of God's wrath and says, hey, remember there's a blessing for the people of God who are found ready when I come. And in saying that reminds us that, that right now we live in the time where all can become the people of God. If we will just hear the call, open our hearts, and make Jesus Lord of our lives, then we will escape the, the bowls of wrath and will be numbered among the people of God. Now, this may also be a good time here to, uh, to be reminded of, of what the book of Revelation is doing. Uh, so let's read Revelation 1, verse 19. Where Jesus, you know, right at the beginning, beginning speaks to uh, John uh, and tells him to write, and, and this is what he says. This is Jesus speaking. Write, therefore, what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. So in the book of Revelation, uh, John is writing about, about present events. Uh, we, we see as you read the book that there are also you know, past things that are talked about and explained, and then there are the things that have not happened that will take place later. So here in Revelation chapter 16, you know, we see a future event. The seven angels have not yet come forward and received the seven bowls of God's wrath. They have not yet poured out those bowls. This is why Jesus steps into this and says, hey, this, this hasn't happened yet. And, and I haven't come yet, but I will come and are those who are ready when I come. He speaks to us here and now in the present about what is to come. And speaks to us here and now in the present of what we should do right now. We should be a people found ready, a people who have put all of our hope and trust in Jesus Christ, a people who have called on His name for salvation. Now, as we move forward into the into the book uh, and come to another blessing of the Lord, much like this one, uh, we see that we continue to see that that there are the wicked and there are the righteous... you know. just to simplify it if I could, there are the wicked and there are the righteous. And you don't want to be numbered among the wicked. You want to be numbered among the righteous. There there are the people of God and then there are those who are not. And you don't want to be found among those who are not. You want to be numbered among the people of God. You want to be one of those that God says this is my child, my son and daughter in whom I delight. And the wonderful news of our time that we live in is that you don't have to be found among the wicked. That right now we are in God's mercy, in His grace, and all who will can come and drink of the free gift of the water of life and live forever with our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. We see more and more of this as we move into the further into the book of Revelation. Now uh, as a as Jesus finishes that, it picks back up in verse 16 uh, Revelation 16:16 16, 16, and says then says this, then they gathered the kings together to the place that in he, that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. So there's the this preparing for this battle in the you know that that we affectionately know as the Battle of Armageddon, In verse seventeen. The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and out of the temple came a loud voice from the throne, saying, "It is done." Praise the Lord. That is the the uh, the last bowl to be poured out, and 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 the judgment and wrath there is finished. Then, verse eighteen. Then. After this pouring out, there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a severe earthquake. No earthquake like it had ever occurred since man has been on the earth. So tremendous was the quake that the great city split into three parts, and the cities of the nations collapsed. God remembered Babylon the Great. See, now here's this mentioning of Babylon the Great again. uh, If you remember back in... Back in chapter 14, verse 8, uh, one of the angels that comes out crying out, uh, comes out and cries out, uh, fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. And then we see here Babylon the great mentioned again and God remembering Babylon the great and gave her the cup filled with the wine of the fury of his wrath. This is not a cup you want given to you. I don't know that you want a cup of wine filled with the fury of anyone's wrath, much less God's. Verse 20, every island fled away from the mountains and could not be found. Now listen to this. From the sky, huge hailstones of about a hundred pounds each fell upon men. And they cursed God on the account of this plague of hail because the plague was so terrible, can you imagine that? Hail a hundred pounds each, uh, falling from the sky. Uh, that is a terrible plague. If we ever, you know, if you've ever been in a hail storm of any size, it's not a whole lot of fun. You just want to get out of it. I'm not sure exactly where you'd go to get out of a of one that are a hundred pounds falling uh, from the sky. So then, you see this this terrible plague, and then. Uh, there is, uh, there is, as you move into uh, Revelation chapter 17, um, John starts to see what's going to take place with Babylon the Great in Revelation 17 and in Revelation 18. Um, let's move over that for the moment and go to Revelation 19, and as we read Revelation 19 will allow it to kind of pull us back in to uh, 17 and 18 because there there are some very important things in seven and 17 and 18 that we need to hear and that need uh, to be said and and there are I'll just go ahead and admit there are things in here that that I don't fully understand uh, so uh if anybody fully does <laughs> um Let them be found. (laughs) Someday we will. Mm. So as you come into Revelation uh, 19, um, let's just read it. Revelation uh, 19. I'll read this off the off the screen. Here we go. Scott's already ahead of me. Mm. Uh, John John, you know, continuing to hear and see and experience uh, this revelation. After this I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting hallelujah. So here is a a hallelujah in scripture. The the only hallelujahs that we find in scripture are here in uh, Revelation 19. uh, But but such a powerful impact that it has had on the church uh, that every Sunday in churches all across the world, uh, hallelujah is proclaimed. Uh, even though it's only proclaimed here in Revelation 19. And, and it means, as you know, praise the Lord. So here we see the people of God, and they are doing what you often see the people of God doing, praising the Lord. I think, I think there's been preachers that have said that, you know, we better learn to do this on earth, or we're going to be way behind when we finally are here in heaven. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Don't you love this right here? I mean, I love all of this, but, but it, it, it's, it's the R right here that, that so grabs my attention that these are people who belong to God and they know it. It's not a salvation and glory and power belong to God, which would be great and is right and true. But these are God's people. And they say salvation. They say hallelujah, praise the Lord, because that's what God's people do. One of the things that I'm made fun of is saying hallelujah all the time. Praise the Lord, right? That so encourages me that I'm made fun of for praising the Lord and saying hallelujah. I think it's the way that I say it because uh, I say it with an exclamation point, because it's right there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Salvation and glory and power belong, not just to God, to our God. Or you could say it, my God. Salvation and glory and power belong to my God, to our God. I'll tell you, if you, if you can connect with this, and get into this, and this is a picture of who you are, then you are okay. You don't have to worry about the, the seven seals, or the seven trumpets, or the seven bowls. If right now a cry comes out of your heart, hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor belong to my God. He is my Lord and King and Savior and Father and Friend. And forevermore shall we be together. I know He's yours, but He's also mine. Belong to our God. Forgive me for getting excited. Lord, help us. We should get excited. I mean, when you see the judgments poured out in Revelation, and then you see the the people of God and the not judgments, you should be excited okay verse two for true and just are his judgments he has condemned the great prostitute who cr- who corrupted the earth by her adulteries he has avenged on her the blood of his servants so we see again in verse 2 what we have seen in the chapter 16, that true and just are the judgments of God, that He is right in what He has done, and that He has condemned the great prostitute that He has not commended her, or applauded her, or rewarded her, that she doesn't stand among the people of God who are proclaiming hallelujah to our God, that God has condemned her. Right There is therefore no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. So if the great prostitute is condemned, then those who are in Christ Jesus are not of her number. But she, though we are not condemned, God has condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He has avenged on her the blood of his servants. So who is this talking about? So if we Jump back to uh, Revelation chapter 17, then we can get a little bit of an explanation of who uh, this, this is speaking of and why they are condemned. And this is important for us uh, to see, um, and I'll, I'll do the best that I can uh, here. Uh, I'm going to read out of my Bible, and you can just try to you know, keep a lo- follow along on your phones or, or if you have a Bible. Um, pages then you can you can look at that as well chapter one verse 7, chapter 17 verse one. I was about to say chapter one verse 17 um, y'all pray for me One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls so we're already introduced to them because we saw them in, in 16. Came and said to me, "Come and I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits on uh, the many waters." So here we're going to see in 17 the punishment of the great prostitute that we that we learn about in 19, who sits on the many waters. Now we we the angel gives a description of of who all this is in chapter 17, and so we know um, from verse 15, chapter 17, 15. Uh, that the many waters are are the uh, are the people's multitudes, nations, uh, languages of the world. So here is this great prostitute who is sitting on the nations of the world. Uh, so so they're they're under her. She's sitting upon them. Uh, so in condemning the great prostitute, there is a condemning of the nations of the world that is going to come as well. Verse two. Uh, with her, the kings of the earth committed adultery, and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. The wine of her adulteries intoxicates uh, and and the uh, the kings of the earth and the nations of of the earth has that has that effect that Ephesians 5 uh, speaks of uh, where, where it says, don't be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Uh, that this intoxicating wine leads to you being uh, intoxicated, like out of your right mind. Verse 3, uh, Then the angel carried me away in the spirit into a desert, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names, and had seven heads, and ten horns. Blasphemous names. You, you remember when Jesus was accused of blasphemy, uh, that it was because he was claiming to be the Son of God, claiming to uh, forgive uh, sins. So here, these blasphemous names will go along that line of of claiming their salvation here, and freedom here, and forgiveness here, and life uh, here, and that and that you know he's Lord and and. And should be worshipped and king of all kings. Blasphemous names, seven heads, ten horns. Uh, verse four. Then the woman, the woman uh, was dressed in purple and scarlet, and was glittering with gold, precious stones, and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand, filled with the abominable things, filled with abominable things, and the filth. Of her adulteries, so so she's she is is equipped with a drink. Um, much you could say as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has the living water, and there and there is a choice that we have to make of drinking of the abominable wine of her adulteries, or abandoning that and coming and drinking of. The, living, the free gift of the living water that is found in our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. I think you can, you can make this uh, comparison uh, right here. She's holding this cup uh, that she offers as a drink, and Jesus offers the free gift of the living water that brings life, and that more abundantly and eternally. Now, verse 5, uh, this title was written on her forehead, Mystery, Babylon the Great. So we're seeing that. Remember, there's this calling out for Babylon, fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great mentioned in chapter sixteen, and now Babylon the Great connected with this this uh, woman that John is seeing. Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the abominations of uh, the earth. So if we're just gonna you know give a description here of of who. Uh, this is there there can be argument like is this is this a representation of the uh, false um, false religions false system antichrist system of the world does does she represent this which makes sense and lines up you know, with what is said here yes I believe that that this great prostitute is the is the false ways religions of uh, this world she represents this that the that the nations of the world will embrace and and will uh, believe now the, argue, the other argument uh, is that it that it that that this is a city that this is a great city that will arise you find that uh, at the end of uh, revelation 17 verse 18 the woman Revelation 17, verse 18, the woman you saw is the great city that rules over the kings of the earth. So, so that's why it's thought that this is a great city that rules over the kings of the earth. So I would say that, as, as is a lot of the time, that we shouldn't really argue about this, that it's not one or the other, that it's both and. This is a great city that will arise, that, that will embrace false religions, uh, things taught by demons. Anti-God, anti-life—you uh, know—doctrines and 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 worship of false things that you know that we learn about uh, from the Old Testament, and we also see take place in Romans one, and that there will be a great city that kind of is established that represents this. You know, is that great city already established? I don't know. Um, that, but but it will be. And, and that city will be full of abominable things and believe in all kinds of blasphemous things that are not of God. It, it represents um, the ways, systems, beliefs, antichrist of this world that so many people run to, that so many people desire. This is why this is such, a, such an important thing for us to pull out. Because, because there is a conflict that can get into the life and the heart of a believer to where they, they long, if you will, to drink of this gold cup that is in her hand filled with the abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. There, there's like this pull for that. There's this desire to, to be in the world. They, they want to be saved in Christ. And, and find salvation and life and freedom because nobody wants the judgments that are coming and the wrath poured out upon them. But there is this, this tug of war, this turmoil inside because there is this longing for the world. It's like, can I, can I drink of the cup in her hand and also drink of the free gift of the water of life that is found in Christ Jesus? This is, this is what we see taking place right now. And we see... In Revelation, that these that the that the kingdoms of our God and the kingdoms of this world are not in unity. That there's not a drinking of her cup and then a drinking from the cup of our Savior. There, there, there's not one or the other. We we've got to be freed from this pull towards the things of the world and and run with all of our hearts to our to our God. And cry to Him and put our hope and salvation in Him. So you see this, uh, you see this tension in our in our world uh, today, and it will it will be until the end. And there will be uh, those who who run to the things of this world and the system of this world, and the and the great prostitute. And there will be those who completely abandon it and put their trust and hope uh, in Jesus. Now. I'm going to read through um, some. I'm going to read through to the end of, of verse chapter 17 here. I'm going to do it kind of kind of quick, and uh, because we we got to get back into 19, but I, but I want you to see uh, some of this. Of course, you can go and read it on your own, uh, but uh, but maybe you know the Lord will speak as we read it together. Verse six. Remember, he's he's just identified her that that her the mother of prostitutes in verse five. In the abominations of the earth, verse 6, I saw the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. So again, we're seeing here that, that this is not a culture that is accepting of the people of God, of the saints. There, there is, you know, if, if you read, it looks like everything else is okay. The people of God, the saints, they're opposed And and the woman is drunk on the blood of the saints, the blood of those who bore the testimony of Jesus. When I saw her, I was greatly astonished. That's the end of verse 6, verse 7. Then the angel said to me, Why are you astonished? I will explain to you the mystery of the woman and of the beast she rides, which has the seven heads and ten horns. The beast which you saw once was, now is not, and will come up out of the abyss and go to his destruction. Uh, so there's the explanation of the beast. Uh, again, you know, if you're to sit down and talk with preachers and, and guys who are really good at this stuff, there's so much disagreement and, and confusion on this. This is one of the harder things uh, here to interpret in the book of, of Revelation Uh so, so my opinion on this just you know my opinion on who this is is that is that you know maybe this just represents the evil Trinity of Satan the Antichrist and the false prophet um, the inhabitants of the earth whose names have not been you read you catch this the inhabitants of the earth whose names have not, been written in the book of life. So here's the mentioning of the Lamb's book of life, whose names have not been written uh, in the book of life from the creation of the world will be astonished when they see the beast because he once was, now is not, and yet uh, will come. Uh, so the world's going to be astonished by the beast, but not the saints, not the people of God who they're, they're going to recognize, they're going to see Praise the Lord. Verse 9, this calls for a mind with wisdom. It's a a good time to be praying for the Lord's wisdom, uh, not only in this time, but in the time that we live in. The seven heads are seven hills on which the woman sits. They are also seven kings. Five have fallen. One is the other has not yet come, but when he does come, he must remain for a little while. The beast, who once was and now is not, is an eighth king. He belongs to the seven, and he is going to his destruction. So I wanted to read through some of this because I wanted to, you know, not, not, not that I can even explain all of this, but there are some things that, that are like not mystery. They are so clear. Uh, this beast is going to his destruction, it's a very important point that not to his victory, he goes to his destruction. Verse, verse 12, the ten horns you saw are the ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but who for one hour will receive authority as kings along with the beast. They have one purpose and will give their power and authority to the the beast, they will make war against the Lamb. Capital L. We know who this is, right? There's no mystery here. This is the the only worthy Lamb of God slain before the foundations of the earth who was able to come and take the scroll from the hand of the Father and break and open the seven seals. This is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's going to tell us who he is. Listen, Remember the beast is going to his destruction. They're going to make war against the lamb, which we were we were told about is is preparing to take place, uh, the battle of Armageddon in Revelation 16. They'll make war against the lamb, but the lamb will overcome them because he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and with him will be his called. Chosen and faithful followers. The beast is going to come against the the lamb. He's going to his destruction. They're going to make war, but they're not going to win. With the lamb will be the saints. I don't know, who do you want to be with? Who do you want to align with? Do you want to number yourself with the prostitute and the beast? Do you want to be one that that are part of the nations of this world, that are under their influence, that that are coming to their destruction? Or do you want to be numbered among God's called, chosen, and faithful followers who who will defeat the beast and overcome him and destroy him? They'll come against the Lamb to overcome Him, but but He'll overcome them because He is Lord of lords and King of kings. Which, by the way, in Revelation 19, when Jesus shows up, this is what is on His thigh. King of kings and Lord of lords. And He is victorious. You know, you, you sometimes hear preachers and saints say, in the end we know who wins and they rejoice and say hallelujah and those kind of things because we know in the end who wins because we do and it needs to be said because many believe as this under, because they're drinking the intoxicating wine of her adulteries they're intoxicated and under her influence and, and under the deception of this false spirit that is, that is controlling the world believe that they will be victorious over the lamb, but they will not. Verse 15 Then the angel said to me, The waters you saw were where, where the prostitute sits, our peoples, multitudes, nations, and language. The beast and the ten horns you saw will hate the prostitute, they will bring her to ruin and leave her naked. They will eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to accomplish His purpose by agreeing to give the beasts their power to rule until God's words are fulfilled. I like that verse right there, until God's words are fulfilled. It's not that God's words are not going to be fulfilled. What God has spoken will come to pass. Sometimes there's a waiting, but what God has spoken will come to pass until God's words are fulfilled. Verse eighteen: The woman you saw is the great city that rules over the kings of the earth. So there is this, there is this false doctrine, false religion, spirit of the world. There are going to be all these many false religions. There's going to be a great uh, city, and 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 it will rule over uh, the world. The antichrist, it appears, uh, will. Gain power to come against this and wipe it out, and will do in, in the spirit of Antichrist uh, will be Antichrist and will set himself up as rule and reign and the religion on uh, the earth. Uh, so there, there's going to come a time where where the, uh, the, whole, the the evil Trinity is not wanting to share power with all of these false religions. And doctrines, and we'll wipe them out, and and they'll will be set up uh, the uh, the uh, the idol that everyone is to uh, worship, and if they don't, uh, they'll be killed, and they've got to take the mark of the beast and and rule and reign on the earth. So then, in chapter eighteen, there is the um the 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 judgment that's going to come on again uh, the the Babylon of great and and the destruction that comes then upon, upon that prostitute. And let's, let's go back over here for a minute to uh, Revelation 19 and continue to read, and we'll come to, to our blessing. Revelation 19, verse 3. So they're, they're celebrating because of this judgment that is coming and because this system has been uh, wiped out. And again they shouted, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Uh, the smoke from her goes up uh, forever and ever, right? talking about this judgment of, of, the, of the woman that we see in 17. The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who was seated on the throne, and they cried, "Amen, Hallelujah!" Yes, praise the Lord." Then a voice from the throne then a voice came from the throne saying, "Praise our God. Uh, all you, his servants, you who fear him, both great and small. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder shouting. Again, again, we see they're shouting and they're shouting, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And it's so loud, it's like loud peals of thunder. Like, have you ever been in a thunderstorm? And it's right over your house and it rumbles and the windows shake and it makes you about jump out of your skin. I was watching some baseball highlights on YouTube the other day and, uh, and, and one of them was a highlight of all these guys out on the field and the thunder cracked right over the stadium. And these guys, like grown men, tough baseball guys, were like diving into the dirt, running into the dugout. I mean, everybody... Everybody cleared the field just because of that thunder cracking. There, there's the, the praise of the people of God, and John, John doesn't know how to explain it, but, but the sound of the roar of rushing waters and loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah! We've become such a quiet church. Shouting, Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. And and shall reign forever and ever. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. So there's this this praising God for the destruction of this false system. This false church. This anti-Christ church with all of its many facets has that has arisen and now it has come to an end and and as that is mentioned then the real church the church of our lord and jesus of our lord and savior jesus christ emerges and there's rejoicing and gladness because the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready really this is probably it's, it's an okay translation, but really wife here is better because wife uh, is, is what the Greek word uh, says and wife lets us know that, that this, this is his wife and here is the celebration that we are already one in covenant with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that, that we are already the bride of Christ, the wife of Christ, the, the, the church is, and it's not something that is to come. It is something that we are now one in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and that, and that, uh, and that the bride has come and has made herself ready. Uh, read uh, Ephesians 5 and you can see uh, the, the picture of the church and the oneness with Christ and what we are uh, to look like. And in verse 8, It says, fine linen, bright and clean, uh, was given her to wear fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy uh, people. So the the fine linen that they are given at the wedding, uh, that we are given at the wedding, uh, to wear to the wedding, uh, is is, uh, the righteous acts of the saints. Uh, So... um, you know so we learned last Sunday that we are that we are clothed when we come to Jesus clothed in his righteousness but here we learn that that now that we are righteous in Christ and we live righteously that we are rewarded with garments that stand for the righteousness in which we have lived the righteous acts that we have done we all know that we don't that we don't find salvation in works, but that we are, that we are saved not to, not to go back into the world and drink of the adulteries and, and the maddening wine of the world, but we are saved to come out of that and live in the righteousness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we are clothed in this as God's holy people. So then verse 9 says this, Then the angel said to me, Write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the lamb and he added these are the true words of god that for the, for us the church the bride of christ and forever and for whoever else will be invited to the wedding supper of the lamb that we are blessed to be there we are blessed to be the people of God. We are blessed to sit at the table. We are so blessed to be the church, to be the bride of Christ, that the blessing is here. It's not in, it's not in being in the in the great Babylon, the city of this world in that system it's not in drinking of the of the wine that is in her cup of the abominations of the of the world it is being it is being at the wedding supper of the lamb the blessing is being clothed in the garment of Christ clothed in the righteous acts of the saints and being the bride of Christ the church part of the wedding supper of the lamb this Is where we want to be. This is the people we want to be aligned with. This is the people who we are called to be. And the wonderful thing that we all know is that this is available for all, that the invitation goes out to all, right? You can read Matthew 22, where the invitation goes out to all, and there are many who. To deny the invitation because they want to stay in the world. And one of the things that the powerful things that we need to learn from this is that, is that God is inviting us to come out of the world and to be his bride, to be his church, and to be invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And we need to, we need to hear his call. And not long for this world, but long for this wedding. Not desire the things of this world, but to desire a seat at the table with our God. To not drink of the wine of this world, but to, but to long to drink. I don't know what kind of wine will be served at this wedding, but it's going to be good. And we'll desire to drink of it. In Revelation 18, uh, there is... There is the destruction of this world system. Listen to what this says. Revelation 18 1. I'm going to read back out of, out of my book, out of out of my Bible here. It says, Revelation 18 1. After this I saw another angel coming down from heaven. He had great authority, and the earth was illuminated by his splendor. With a mighty voice he shouted, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great. This world, its ways, its system, its beliefs, its false doctrines. False religions are going to fall. They're going to come to an end. I don't want to fall with them. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a home for demons and a haunt for every evil spirit, a haunt for every unclean and detestable bird, for all the nations have drunk the maddening wine of her adulteries. We wonder why the world believes the crazy, maddening things that they believe. Now we understand. The kings of this earth committed adultery with her, and the merchants of the earth grew rich from her excessive luxuries. But now the now the call changes just a little bit, and we so need to hear this. Probably not you, probably preaching to the choir, but there may come a day when you need to remember this, as 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 all of us at times can be tempted by the allure of this world. Verse 4: Then I heard another voice from heaven say, Come out of her, my people. So that, so that you will not share in her sins. So that you will not receive any of her plagues. For her sins are piled up to heaven and God has remembered her crimes. That this is, this is not where God's people are to be. This is not what God's people are to believe. This is not who God's people are to stay in. God calls His people out of her. It, it, reminds, it reminds me of Genesis where, where God sends the angels to Sodom and Gomorrah to call Lot and his family out. you got to get out of this. God's going to bring destruction on this. You've got to get out. Come out, my people. Get out of this. And God says, don't look back. When you come out, don't look back. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it. Don't love it. Don't long for it. Get out of it. And and Lot and his family leave and they run out of there. But what does Lot's wife do? You see the tension in Lot's wife. There's a longing for the world, a longing for this kingdom, a longing for the, the, the wine of Babylon the Great. And so she turns and looks back and she's turned into a pillar of salt There is this tension in many believers, this longing for the world, for Babylon the great, but God has called us out of it. He's called us to come out of it, to leave it behind, to never look back at it, to never long for it. You kind of see this in the people of Israel as they're coming across the wilderness, as they've been called out of Egypt, and and the moment something gets tough, they're like, can we just go back to Egypt? No, no. No, we do not go back. We're called out. We're a people called out to not share in her sins and and to not, that's the good part, to not share in her sins and to not receive any of her plagues. Amen? Hallelujah. I come out to not share in her sins and not receive any of her plagues. Let me read uh, 2 Corinthians 6 Starting at verse 14, just, a, just another calling us out of the world. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? We're God's righteous people. We're, we're not called to wickedness. And we're not called to, to love wickedness. Yes, we love the wicked and desire to call them out as well, but we do not want to unite with wickedness. Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? This is not for us. We're blessed, the church, the bride of Christ. What harmony is there between Christ and Beile? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the church the bride of Christ, the temple of the living God. We are His people. He is our God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. And then uh, 17 and then we'll read 7-1 and then we'll pray. Therefore, come out of them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. There's the call, the call to come out, the people of God out, to not be a part of, to be separate. And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Really speaks of the of the marriage supper of the Lamb, doesn't it? As we, the bride of Christ, married to the only begotten Son of God, become sons and daughters of the Lord God Almighty. Then let's read uh, 7 verse 1. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. We are the bride of Christ, blessed, invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And for us, we are to be a people of righteousness, a people of the kingdom of God. We are to come out of this world and we are to separate ourselves and purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body in spirit, perfecting holiness, doing it all out of reverence and love and passion for our God and for His glory and for His honor. Blessed are those who are invited to the the marriage supper of the Lamb and how blessed it is to be the bride, the wife at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We are the people of God and honored to be that. We are the called out ones to not love the world or the things of the world or the ways of the world. What does is, what is 1 John 2 you know, tell us? Let me read 1 John 2 and we'll pray. 1 John 2. Scott, can you pull that up or do we just lose it? Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Isn't that powerful? Have you seen that in John? The beast is coming to his destruction. The great, the great. Babylon the great is coming to its destruction. The world is coming to its end. Everything in the world passes away. Let's not be lovers of the world. Let's be lovers of God and live for God because whoever does the will of God lives forever. We want to be the people of God called out of this world, never looking back with our eyes on our Savior with all of our hearts living for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I know I'm I'm mainly preaching here to the choir. The day may come where you're tempted by this, but when you're tempted by this, you make sure you keep your eyes on Jesus and remember who you are and remember what a blessing it is to be the bride of Christ, to be chosen by Him, to be the church. But I'm telling you the truth when I tell you there are many who struggle with this. There are many who have this, who have this, this battle that's going on inside of them, a longing for the world, but, but they know that Jesus is right and just and true. And we want to see that struggle come to an end. And we want to see them hear the call of God to come out and to get out of the world and a love for the world and to wholeheartedly be a child of god with their with their faith and trust in jesus and their eyes totally and completely fixed on him so i thought a wonderful way to close this morning would be for all of us to pray together for anyone who is who is struggling with being double minded for anyone who is struggling with a heart divided who wants to serve god and mammon, who wants to drink of the water of life, and the maddening drink of the ways of this world. Let's pray together and pray that the that 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 struggle will come to an end. And that they will wholeheartedly turn to the Lord and that and that their eyes will be opened, as Ephesians says, to see what a wonderful thing it is to be the bride of Christ. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus we, we thank you that you have called us that we are your people called by your name that we are your church that we are your bride and we're so honored and ex- and 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 so thankful lord to be uh, exalted and glorified by you to this high and holy position and lord we know that there are many who who struggle or many who are who are still torn between you and this world. And Lord, we pray that that you'd come and, and give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that they would know you better and know you more and see you more clearly. And we pray that you'd open the eyes of their heart in order to see the hope to which they're called and the glorious inheritance that that is the saints, the glorious inheritance that it that it is to be invited to the Wedding supper of the Lamb, to be the bride of Christ, to be the body of Christ, to be the church. The wonderful inheritance that it is to be forever seated with Jesus on his throne, to rule and reign with him, to march into battle not against him but with him. The wonderful inheritance. Of forever living in the room, in the house of God created by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Open our eyes so that we can see this. And that this will be all that we long for and desire. That the things of this world will so pale that they will not even turn our eye. All these things that are perishing, let them not be our treasures. Let us lay up treasure in heaven that never perishes and can never be stolen or taken. But forever remains. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be holy and and, and fully committed to you with our whole hearts to love you and serve you all the days of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you've not trusted Jesus as savior today, if you've not made him lord of your life, if you're watching online or listening to the podcast and you've not trusted Jesus as savior, you've not received the invitation to the to the wedding. But this this day, this day of salvation, you want to I just want to give you this opportunity. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand if you're watching online, if you're Listen to the podcast. Just raise your hand right there. And let's pray and just give our hearts and our lives to Jesus. Let's receive and accept His invitation. Pray with me, will you? Everyone just repeating after me. Lord Jesus, I hear you calling and I say yes. I open my heart. I ask you to come in, be my Savior, be my Lord. Make me your child. Rule and reign in my life. Be my forever passion. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday afternoon and a great week. And uh, pray pray against that hurricane that's coming in. That that thing will weaken and go away. God bless.